Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Presented to you by Fly Racing. Ah, it's Tuesday evening in Texas. Cheers, Proster. Just enjoy yourself a kind beverage. Um, welcome to Sea Time. We're glad that you guys are here, of course. Uh, presented to you by Fly Racing. you got to check more about those guys off at flyracing.com. Um, big thanks to Kinda Tire, kindatire.com. You can find out more about all the, the wares that they have and the rubber to make all your riding that much better. And, of course, still well performance. We'll chat about all those guys a little bit more into the episode of course but stillwellperformance.com is where you can find out more about that i just got my stillwell performance box in looking to send off my new 350 xc suspension get that dialed in get rid of some of that harshness from the 4cs get a little bit more supple supple ride it'll be a good time um remember seat time is archived on the site which is seattime.co we are on facebook twitter instagram i mean hell i think we even have a snapchat if shit just needs to get weird and you feel like sending nudie pics of yourself with your motorcycle we're probably the only people that are really going to be okay with that, so let's just have that happen. Of course, Stitcher and iTunes, if you're just looking for the audio version of the show, you can find that there as well. We do have a chat room, tlk.io slash seattime. If you'd like to post questions for guys that we have on, just chat with us, make fun of my mustache, make fun of my hair. Um, yeah, I'm just going to tell you to suck it on the air. It really doesn't matter to me. We'd appreciate it if you just have fun with us. So this evening, uh, we're going to have Caleb Russell and Cody Webb on. I think it's going to be a good time. So let's jump right in there. Mr. Caleb Russell, KR557, how's your evening going, kind sir? <clears throat> oh, it's, uh, it's going. Going pretty good. Just uh, got out of the shower, Chandler fixed some dinner, and uh, had a pretty good afternoon mountain biking. So pretty lazy morning, but... Um, Still a little sore from the weekend and just trying to get recovered up and, uh, you know, enjoying the time off. I got another weekend off and so it's pretty nice. <clears throat> it's it's going to be my last weekend off for like seven weeks. So For a very, very long so time. <laughs> trying to, yeah, trying to enjoy my time, like just sitting around at the house and it's getting warm. So I'm starting to get the itch to go jet skiing, but the water's still pretty cold. But uh, other than that, just hanging out. Right on. Uh, do you foresee a mullet in the near future? Could we ever see that coming back? Quite possibly. I've already, I've already got one started a little bit. Tuck my hair. I tuck my hair in. That is a lot of party or a lot of business in the front. That's getting in there. I like it. I like it. Well, um, so when you shower before coming on seat time, do you go, okay, I really just need to clean my face because that's all they're gonna see, or do you like you're gonna sit there for a little bit? You're just gonna worry about everything getting all, you know, spit and span. No, I, I clean the, you know, I, I shower normally, pretty much, you know. It's understandable. Track, the, the little balls. And hey, there it is. Yes. In there deep. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You're like, oh, do I do a loofah today? Do I do more of a bar? You know, I don't know. Do I want to be more handsy? You know, so there's the decisions we have to make when you have so many options on how to shower. Well, everybody now knows what you do clean, and maybe they're going to go home and try that on themselves, see if they become that much faster. I would like to know if there are any good, positive, negative results from that. Yeah, actually, I just got a new uh, <clears throat> a new soft water system put in too. So it's, it's only my second shower in it. So I kind of get in there, and it, it feels all weird right now at first. But I haven't quite got used to it. Oh, I bet that's got to be different. We had one of those in a house a long time ago when yeah we didn't have soft water, and I was just like, it feels so different. Uh, yeah, it feels like you still got soap on you. Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm so lubed up. Yeah. Just like a good Saturday night. So, dude, you've been <laughs> kicking ass at the GNCCs. You've been doing fairly well as well at the National Enduros, and obviously fairly well. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but you've got the points lead, so you've had a pretty successful 2015 so far. When you when you were coming into the season, any expectations of doing as well as you as you are currently? Um, well, I mean, obviously, obviously, 2015 expectations aren't any different than you know previous years. Okay. Obviously, um, I was kind of a decided late in the year to uh, to do the actually you know a couple months before, maybe a month before the enduro started to do those, and um, I. I made a deal with Auntie to do the first two, and I told him I would continue doing them as long as I was in the points lead or had won one and was in contention. So, um, you know, I'm not too stoked on the two seconds. Um, that's definitely not what I want, but it's a it's a completely different game, and um, it's going to be tough to figure out. Um, you know, I've only done I think uh, the the two this year makes um i think six total national enduros that i've ever done so um it's still all pretty new and just trying to figure out reading the terrain a little bit better and um you know it's 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 like it's like anything else you know knowing how to win is everything so and i haven't won one yet so i can't say i know how to know how to get the job done just yet but you know in the gnccs i obviously am quite uh capable and experienced and (laughs) yeah you figured it out um, you know, anything other than winning is, uh, you know, a disappointment. So, um, but I mean, I just, I just go about it, you know, uh, like anything else, I, I work hard at it and I, I've got my mindset of what I want to do. And it's not like I, I sit here and think of the season as a whole right now and, and say, this is what I'm going to do every race. But, you know, I just take it race by race and I want to win every race that I race. So, you know, I, I make sure I'm prepared and, uh, I got my game plan and line up and, you know, know what I'm doing. Right on. Yeah, uh, I learned my lesson. Um, I think it was going into the 2014 season was when I, uh, I wouldn't say second guessed, but just was like, I don't think that you could win two GNCC titles in a row. Obviously you could. And at this point, I'm not going to say that you can't do anything because I'm not going to, you know, add fuel to that fire, knowing how much that that, you know, kind of pushes you when, when somebody doubts what you can and can't accomplish. So what has that been like in the sense of, of what people ha- – was there any doubt or doubters or things that you had been hearing you know, about you and coming into this 2015 season? Obviously more specific to the GNCC since you know, that's where you're the two-time champion. Um, no, I'm, I, mean, it's, I mean it's pretty well set in stone now, now that I you know, know how to get the job done. But uh, you know it's – it's it's all about knowing how to do it and the way you go about it. So right, that's the I think that's the biggest thing. And um, you know, I'm racing. There's you know, there's only I, I don't think anybody that I'm racing with is ever besides Strang is and Thad. You know, nobody's. There's a bunch of people that haven't won a race. So um, you know, it's still the the XC1 Pro line's kind of kind of really. I don't want to say. I, I, they're they're kind of young riders and still trying to still trying to get into things so um you know it's it's really tough for those guys right um 
I've I've chatted with you a couple times about how tough it is sometimes when you don't get the lead, and obviously we saw kind of like that happen with Strang this weekend. I mean, he came back from pretty much dead last in the XE one class to you know being able to get back in second where he was challenging with Thad there at the end. Um, and, but you didn't actually have the lead right off the bat this time. You had to get around Ashburn. How quickly did you get around him this race? Uh, just I, I tuned in a little bit behind. Uh, so was it was it fairly quickly? Was it like the second turn, or did it take a little bit longer than that this time? No, um, I actually was in third, and Hoop sent me a picture today, and I had a pretty close call. I got a little squirrely going up the hill where Strang crashed. Sipes kind of came in a little hot and um, kind of ran it in on Josh, and Josh kind of got hung up on his shoulder and just fell over, and then I almost got tangled up in that too. But um, I was behind uh, Sipes and then Ashburn, and if uh, if the camera at the bridge would have been working, you could have seen me pass Sipes and Ashburn all within like a hundred yards. So nice. too bad. I passed <clears throat> I passed Sipes going underneath the bridge, and then I ran it in on Ashburn and kind of blocked the line going across the creek, um, all within camera sight there, right where everybody is standing. So I got in the lead really quick, probably within a mile or maybe two, I'm not sure how, probably a mile and a half. Right. And then um, I, I, uh, they put in a little bike-only section for the afternoon, There's a, and there's a downhill, it was, it was kind of slick, and it had a route in a wrong spot, and I knew if I was going tr- <clears> to <throat> try to make the turn that I was going to fall over, so I just slid by the turn, and I kind of got wedged in between two trees, and I just had to back my bike up and um, <clears throat> take off again, but they got back, back by me, and then I ended up getting them again um, later in the lap, and I was actually really late in the lap, and I was still able to gap him a little bit there on the first lap, and just kind of, kind of get out of sight. And that's that's my that's kind of my game plan is just um, you know those guys can't really key key off me, and you know I feel like I'm definitely the fastest guy on the track most of the time, and um, if I can get out of sight, those guys those guys can't follow me or can't keep up keep up with the pace, and I just kind of you know, get settled into a nice fast pace and let the race come to me. But, um, you know, that's, that's the game plan, right? It doesn't always go that way, but it's worked the first three so far, but right. How, how do you practice that speed at the very, like, obviously you, you, once you hit the race, you're ready to go. But that first lap speed that you have, you say like, I need to try to get out of sight. Cause if you can do that, then it's hard for them to be able to keep that pace. What would somebody like myself or what do you, you know, to, to tell me, like, how could I go try to learn the, that ability to just hammer down like you do? Is there anything special or is it just a mental stage <laughs> that you get on? It's, uh, it's doing your homework. I mean, right it's, uh, it's like anything in life. It doesn't come easy. You, you got to work at it. And, you know, I've got, um, you know, Right now, uh, the way the GNCC set up, you can't walk the track anymore on Saturday, so you got to walk it on Sunday morning. And actually, I think it might be—it's more of a pain in the ass now, but it's—it might be better for me because everything's a little more fresh in my mind. Like I always walk like the first little bit, and you know, I'm really good at visualizing and, and remembering every everything. And you know, I sit there on the starting line with my head down, like not socializing with anybody. It's not because like I'm a I'm arrogant or anything. I'm just sitting there. You know, I know where my front wheel is going to be at the five mile marker. Yeah. Um, well, that's- <clears throat> I think I think I think the I think the biggest thing about being able to uh, ride the way I am, ride the way I I can on the first few laps is, you know, I'm just a little bit smarter than those guys, and 
um, just do my homework. I mean, it's not that hard to go walk the track and then really come down, come, come back to the, I go straight back to the motor home and, you know, think about everything that I just walk and process it and visualize how my bike's going to feel over every part of the track. So interesting. So I already feel like I already rode, rode a lap before I've even got on my bike. So that's smart. That's really it, it there in a, if you, I mean, it's just common sense, but well, but there's, most people there's, don't practice that. There's stupid people like me out there. And obviously I say it like that. Stupid's not the right way. It's just that, yes, it's like you, you're fast. And then so you go, okay, how do I take fast and make it more of an advantage? And you go, okay, I need to ride it mentally in my head before I ever actually get the bike on it. And that's how you make that happen is by walking the track, going home and doing that homework. It's funny because Kurt Caselli would say the same thing. That he would yeah. he would he would win the race in his head at the line before the race ever even started. He knew what that first lap was going to look like, and if he could replicate what he saw in his mind or what he rode in his mind, he knew he could win. Um, so that's interesting that that you would kind of have that same approach to it, and it's scary that I wish that I could do that. Yeah, you know, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of guys are like really seem to be against walking the track and all this and that, you know, that's kind of why I struggle in the Enduros because just reading the terrain and not, not being able to, you know, walk anything and visualize. And uh, I think that's kind of what's, what's getting me a little flustered there, but I just, something I need to figure out and, you know, I need to get better. Um, I need, I just need, I mean, it's plain and simple. I need to get better at Enduros and, uh, that type of riding and, um, you know, it's good. It's, um, I'm actually kind of enjoying it right now a little bit. You know, I'm not really, can't really say I enjoy the format. I, I like the hoop sprint enduro format a lot better and the ISD format, but, um. Well, tell me about, know. tell me about why, because they're fairly close. Or is it that you would, you would prefer the much more sprinty, extremely quick test? So yeah, tell me why you'd like the, the sprint enduro a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, Obviously, at the Enduros, you can't walk. You can't walk. You're not allowed to walk any of the tests either. And the Sprint Enduros, you can walk it and okay. visualize and and do all that. And it's more open and it's more ISDE. It's more you know new school, um, or you know new age um, yeah. riding style. You know the Enduros are just kind of I feel a little dated and need something something spruced up about them. But um. Well, you know, it's, you should have, you should have tried a timekeeper, and you would have hated life. <laughs> oh, I, I, did, I actually uh, raced the last real national enduro with my dad back in I think '06. I was at Delaware, but um, you know, it's not, I'm not saying I don't like the series. I mean, I, I like Alan Rant, Melissa. They're <clears throat> I know them very well, and it's just not my cup of tea. Right, but um, <clears throat> but it's um, I, I don't know. It's it's. I just need to get better at it, and uh, you know I want to, so that's a good thing. But um, you know, hopefully I can, uh, you know, get a win here pretty soon. I'm gonna drive myself insane. So I would agree. We had a question in the chat room from uh, Blinky or Blink underscore six one eight. I don't. Does that means anything to you? Let's figure this out. Uh, any chance that we'll see him again on a two stroke for some of the last races? Now, obviously, that's in lieu of you racing on the one fifty. Um, is there any talk of that if you can do another, you know, pull off another win early, that you would do something of the same as you did last year? Um, I never say never, but um, you know, it's it's too early in the season to think of that. You know, I don't, I don't look at, I don't look at it at all like I've got 
anything wrapped up. I, you know, I still got a oh, lot yeah. of work to do. Long season. There's uh, still 10 more GNCCs and seven more Enduros and four more Sprint Enduros than ISDE. So I've got a lot on my plate and I like to take it race by race. And, you know, I'm not going to say yeah or no right now. And, you know, it might happen. It might not. But yeah, right on. Well, uh, so what about a seat time fundraiser? You you would you we could do that. You could get you on a one fifty and raffle that off. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Never know. <laughs> like a little uh, like a little one hundred five, like one of the BBCs, the little the little little pit bikes. Beep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It could be fun. So, what do you think about the Huskies? The Huskies team seems to be kicking butt this year. I mean, obviously they're not beating you, and that's the goal for I would imagine for most of those racers is to get a win in there. But it's pretty uh, pretty cool, I think, anyway, to see those guys, to see those bikes, you know, being not just at the at the front or close to the front, but as, as up on the podium as they are. Yeah, I mean, they. I haven't really seen them. They look pretty good behind me, though. Oh, I love Caleb Russell. Damn it, you're the best guy on the show. Just honest, just just the truth, just the truth. No, I mean, I can't comment on that. I don't. I ride a KTM, so you know they own them. They KTM owns them, but. You know, it's I, – I honestly haven't ridden one, so, you know, I can't really – not in a position or can I really comment about them. I like it, and you're a good professional at the same time. So, obviously, you are going to be at some of the National Enduros now moving forward up until you're either out of the point leads or you're just like – you've gotten a win and you're kind of like, okay, done. Um, but – so that means we'll see you at Tennessee, correct? Yep. All right, perfect. Yeah. Yep, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, um, kind of, kind of out for the long haul now. Um, we'll see. I mean, if if something happens, then you know, I, I'm not contracted, nor am I being paid any more salary to race them. So you know, I can kind of have the final say so and what happens. So you know, KTM supporting me to do them. So and you know, I feel like I can. Get the, I feel like I can be where I want to be. Um, it's just a matter of time. Right on. Cool. Um, and I, one of my other questions was obviously what you've thought about the National Enduro so far, but we've honestly really kind of covered a lot of that. I think it's interesting how you're saying that they, they don't that they feel a little outdated, which I can still understand that. I think that there's a lot of people that don't really understand the no walking, and then, of course, uh, a lot of the times you're going to get into the tighter stuff, um, and, and there's just all different types of formats, and that's kind of like why we have different series and all that fun stuff. So, But it's neat yeah. that we have the full gas sprint enduro. You know, People have talked about having this format forever. We were talking about starting something like that in Texas, all kinds of fun stuff. So it's great that you guys have that. I would imagine the way that you've talked about it, you've really enjoyed the first one that Hoop's already put on this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I enjoyed it last year, and I thought it was a really good warm-up for six days and um, kind of already getting a groove. And that's that's kind of, you know, if, if you look at the guys that do really well at six days and, you know, the best series in, Amer- the, best series in the world are in America, <clears throat> bar none. And then, you know, we, we our trophy team goes to, you know, six days and, you know, gets waxed and it's pretty, it's pretty embarrassing. But, um, and <clears throat> I mean, you look at, you know, Milner and Strang and the, the sprint duros, you know, they're, they're fast. And then it's, it's kind of just me. And I, I really like to see some, some more Americans get in there and do them because, 
if you want to do six days, you need to be able to do really well at the sprint throws because it's the same format, it's the same thing, and you got to go fast. And we just need some more Americans that are off road riders that can go really fast. And um, it's just uh, <clears throat> um, kind of losing what I'm trying to say here, but you know, it's it's something that I think we can do and needs to happen. But uh, you know, we just don't have enough really fast Americans, to be honest with you. Yeah. I don't think. Well, we're going to be getting, you know, the East Coast qualifier is now going to be one it's of not, it, Let me interrupt you. It's not like there's we, – we have – there's a lot of – don't get me wrong. There's a lot of fast Americans, and we did really well last year. But the way everything's broke up is, you know, East versus West. And, um, you know, the trains are totally, ver- totally opposite. So, you know, this year we're going to Slovakia, and it's kind of hard to pick a, a rider from the West Coast that's – not really ridden anything in the mud or roots and has no experience in that. And then, you know, the guys that we do have on the East coast that have good experience in that aren't necessarily, you know, the fastest guys to pick. Right. So there might be a guy from the West coast that's faster and can do better in that format, but has never really experienced that terrain. And, um, you know, when you get over there, the, the pressure or whatever it may be, um, can really get to somebody. So, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, we, we got a, don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of fast guys, but I feel like we need a, a, a more solidified group of people that are, are versatile. Yeah, no. Uh, and I think we're going to get that. Hopefully we're going to at least see the beginnings of trying to figure out a way to get that better with the fact that we've got the full gas sprint enduro with their kind of their newly addition um, to the schedule that's going to be the East Coast qualifier, which I, I personally, I've never been to Slovakia. I have no idea exactly what the terrain is going to be like, and then I don't know, really know what that's going to match up with the with the sprint enduro that's going to happen. But it'll be cool to see. I think a big part of what you said is kind of what some other people think, is that sometimes maybe they should try to have these qualifiers line up with the type of terrain that they're going to be opposed to just having the same club put on a qualifier each year. And I'm glad that they're changing it up with hoops. In that way, what can happen is and if a West Coast guy wants to have a chance, then he needs to come do the qualifiers that are on these kind of terrains to prove that he can ride in a terrain that, you know, close to what we think the six days is going to be like. Which, yeah, but we know it's tough and it's money and all the other shit that goes along with that. So, yeah, and it's and it's a lot different when you go about picking the World Trophy team and Junior Trophy team because we're not required to uh, you know to race the qualifier and right. you know I don't I don't think we should be. I mean, um, yeah, it's <clears throat> you know it's it should be it shouldn't be whoever has the time to go to the qualifier and do this and that. You know, it should it should be you know. A select few group of guys. I think Auntie has twelve guys on his list that he's thinking about choosing, and um, you know I don't know who everybody is, and you know Taylor Robert and myself are already kind of confirmed, and um, everything else is kind of still up in the air right now. So we'll have to wait and see, and I'm not really sure what what exactly is he's waiting on, but um, he'll get it figured out. I mean he's done a really good job picking the teams, and we had a we had a winning team last year, and. Just uh, had some mistakes. Yeah, no, it, it, and that kind of stuff can happen, and that's what makes six days so difficult. Is you, you could obviously on paper we should have won, but yeah, when you have little things go wrong, that kind of gets in the way. So to wrap things up, any kind of TKO or endurocross this year for fun again, or uh, you know, obviously your plate's full, 
but is, I didn't know if you were looking forward to doing that again or wanted to practice, maybe some more backflips, any of that kind of stuff. Uh, last time I tried the backflip, I broke my kneecap, so. So no. No. <laughs> and that was that was even before the year started. I didn't realize it until November. Oh, man. Um, you know, I like I enjoyed the TK last year. I sucked when it um, you know, it actually came time to perform. I really choked. And I was just kind of by that time it was raining and downpouring and I was just I was really over it. <laughs> And um, I was over it taking pictures, so yeah. I can only imagine how sucky it would have been to be out there riding. Yeah, I I made a couple mistakes. On the first loop was fine; um, it was really good. I did pretty well. I I got third, and uh, the second loop we went out for the second qualifying loop before the main, and uh, <clears throat> I started off really good, and I picked a bunch of people off like in the row ahead of me, and then I uh, go through my bike up up a hill because I wasn't going to make it because there's literally a mudslide coming down this hill. It was so steep, and it was raining that hard. When I go through my bike, it slid back down, and the bars wedged in between a tree and the dirt, <clears throat> and it was on a hill, and there's no help allowed. But I actually ended up getting help from three people and two course marshals, so I would, they would have to cut the tree down to get my bike out if it was just me. Right. Little old Caleb Russell. What are you, like five six? Yeah, I know. Yeah, five six. Hey guys, can you help me with my bike? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll give but, you five six and a half with boots on. Yeah, but um, I'd like to. I was I was wanting to do King uh King of Motos this year too. But oh yeah, that would have been wicked. Date the first enduro. So you know, I really like enjoy riding the two stroke and doing those races. Like I had a lot of fun last year doing it. But I just got so much going on and. I just don't see any 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 fun really happening this year. I understand. Hey, yeah, no, you, you do have a very uh, full plate for sure with all that you have going on. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, like I was telling you, it's one of those things where you were winning, and I wanted to have you on the show, but I was like, crap, I don't know. He looks like he's on a roll. I'm going to let this play out. So once I saw that you had three wins in a row, that's when I was like, we got to have this dude on. I was like, holy shit, you're just dominating. So... Dude, awesome job starting off this season. I know that there are a lot of people that want to kick your ass right now. Uh, you know, on a dirt bike. I don't know about physically. That's not my. That's not my cup of tea. Hey, you know. Um, but obviously, it's it's tough, and they're gonna have to do their homework, like you say. And, and I hope it doesn't happen. You know, maybe you make a mistake or whatever. But those are the things that they have to be close enough to be able to capitalize on. Um, so it's crazy. So just keep it up. Keep having fun, because obviously you're having a great time, and uh, it's been great watching it. So awesome job, dude. Yeah, it's it's been good so far. Um, you know, just uh, keep trying to outsmart those boys. But um, you know, that's 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 what it's all about, really. Is uh, once you once you learn how to win, you really need to to do your homework and obviously be fit, and then uh, being smart about how you go about things and what you do on race days to to make race day go smoother. It's it's you know it's all part of the job, and you know I feel like. A lot of those people, a lot of people haven't really figured that out yet. That's okay. They're gonna watch. They're gonna watch or listen to seat time, and then it's gonna be an even playing field. Don't worry, they don't. So it's just like it's like me and like five other guys. So we're good. I'm not gonna come beat you anytime soon. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, and uh, yeah, good luck. I guess we'll see you uh, at the GNCC in like a week and a half. How are you coming? No, but you know, I'm gonna virtually see you. Oh, okay. 
I thought I didn't know if you're doing the arriving ride thing again. Oh, that would be so awesome, but that costs money. I'm actually going to be in Baja in two weeks, uh, just finishing up getting back from Baja. So, well, I'm going to I'm going to have the sorest taint ever. Seven days, fifteen hundred miles, but I'm going to recover with three days on the beach in Cabo, and I've never been to Cabo, so hopefully I'm sober enough to remember part of it. Uh, you just got to remember, you're still in Mexico, so it's shit, anyways. There it is. Thank <laughs> you. Just ruined the whole trip. <laughs> Thanks, dude. You have a good one. We appreciate it. All right, sounds good. See you, Brian. Later, man. Awesome. It's so much fun talking to Caleb Russell. One of the things I love about that guy is just it is it, it's just it's not a brutal honesty. It's just honesty. Uh, he he doesn't ever need to sugarcoat anything. He doesn't ever need to lie. Um, he just says I can't talk about that or. You know, there's all kinds of stuff that we could take from that. So we're going to be having Cody Webb come up next here in a second. But obviously, we've got fine sponsors like Fly Racing. So obviously, Fly Racing stepped it up big this year. Um, you've probably seen a lot of their new gear on a lot of the Supercross riders. We're going to have Motocross coming out. So that means with Motocross coming up is a lot of their spring lines going to be coming out. So you can either see that at flyracing.com as that gets ready to come out. Or, of course, what we would prefer you do is actually go to your local dealer and purchase some Fly Racing products from there. Um, they're, they're the best way to make sure that you're supporting the support um, as Fly Racing does for us, so we appreciate that. Um, and then Stillwell Performance, who used to sponsor Cody Webb so diligently, man. They made his bike just like so awesome. Well, you could have that awesome of a bike as well if you go to stillwellperformance.com, fill out the little rider survey, and have a chat with Alan. That all is free. And after that is you know, that's that, it gets more it gets expensive after that, but it's definitely worth it. They do the best suspension work for off road racing and riding out there. So go check them out at stillwellperformance.com. So, Mister Cody Webb, I know you said you may have some bad Wi Fi. You're out and about this evening. So what's going on? Where are you at? I'm just at my parents' house right now. I'm working on bikes today, and everyone's inside doing dinner and all that stuff and there's no space for me so i got booted outside oh my gosh you didn't say guys i'm cody webb i'm on an internet show back off no it didn't quite work out but they did say <laughs> hi to you so at least you got, got <laughs> is it uh is it is the, the the people that have seen me drunk are they the ones that actually said to say hi or is it the ones that only have seen me as a nice guy I think it's the only guys that's seen you at the races. Like my, my dad said, hi. You know, he doesn't go out to the bars much. So. Nope. Yep. So okay, that means I need to work on my drunk Pierce because that means nobody really likes that guy. <laughs> so we'll figure that out later. Well, <laughs> dude, um, big big changes for you. Obviously, coming into 2015 with the new team, and then you got a chance to do a, a full, a, a much bigger series at the Super Enduro. So, what's what's? I mean. We've got a couple of Enduro crosses have started. Super Enduro is over at this point. You tried as hard as you could, but going into the year, like, how was the change over to the new bike? You know, the change was a little tough at first. You know, the very first race in Poland was right after uh, the finale in Vegas. So I only think I had like four or five days on the new bike, and I didn't have anyone's contact at, at KTM at first when I first started there. So I just kind of was winging it. You're like, and hey I guys, guess- it's orange. That's all I know. Help. Yeah, it's orange, and ahead of time, I had them set up some suspension, like, similar to what I thought I needed, and, uh, you know, we went out there and kind of just winged it the first two races, and I think it kind of showed in results, and after a little bit more time and getting more comfortable on the bike, the year uh, definitely picked up for me. Yeah, I would say so. Um, So, with the little bit... 
longer super enduro schedule, and you guys kind of seeming to go over there as an entire team, which is awesome. Does it seem like there's a little bit more support there? Excuse me, from the sponsors, or is that just the your team is just putting more of an effort for you guys and spending a little bit more money there so you guys can go race internationally. Yeah, you know, being a an international rider, tra- having to travel so far, uh, the promoters actually assist oh, in, awesome. uh, Ty Tremaine and I and, uh, you know, covered our hotel rooms and, you know, we just had to get over there and had uh, a lot of bike support from KTM and, uh, you know, with my the new RPM racing team and uh, I have a mechanic now, so after each race, my mechanic would go back to the factory in Austria and prep bikes for the next race, so I actually had a lot of help from uh, KTM and, you know, the promoter treats the uh, treats the series almost as a show and kind of shows off our talents and it uh you know it was definitely a great precursor to the ama enduro cross series that's for sure man okay so i want to talk a little bit more about the super enduro but you just left that one so open to kind of like roll in there what are their differences like obviously the differences between the yeah two. between the two series because similarities they're a track you're on a dirt bike there's rocks there's logs there's shit set up for you to try to not crash on but Obviously, there's there's way more than just that. So, kind of break down like how similar or how different those two series are. I mean, anyone can say enduro cross is enduro cross, but it's it's definitely a lot different. It's there's different like there's one main promoter for the whole series, and he kind of has people like basically set up each race. They kind of choose where they want to be a part of the FIM championship. So you're having different people build the track each time, and a lot of people are trying to scrounge for money. So like. Poland was like a horrible track. I hated it. Like they had like little minions running out and prepping the track with shovels from the 1800s. Like, <laughs> and in our series, like we have Schaefer Tracks who does every track, same people do every track. You're always going to be seeing like good maintenance and prep for the track. So, you know, there's a big, big difference in the way the tracks were designed. I mean, um, the, I guess the level of professionalism in each track weren't quite the same. And, you know, in AMA, it's the same you're going to see roughly the same type of professional style track each race. And, um, the actual racing is, is different. There. There's three motos instead of one moto, like in drill cross here. So it's only six minutes plus a lap. And at first I was, uh, in a drill cross, it's pretty hard to do 15 minute laps all out as fast as you can go, especially in a track like Daytona this year, where it's so sandy, you're just fighting the bike the whole time in the right. sand. And it took me to realize, well, like, Oh, six laps, you can barely even get arm pumped that quick. So, I, uh, you know, I kind of had to change and just pin it the whole time and not even care and do whatever you got to do to get to the front because there's not enough time to make up ground in case you make a big mistake. So I had a couple of races where I crashed in the first corner or something like that, and it was everything I could do to try and get to the front again. And with the AMA, you have a little bit more time to kind of make your way through the pack, I feel like, and pace yourself. And it was an all-out sprint all year pretty much once I figured out the format. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I would have never <laughs> – I mean, a lot of people are also going to realize I'm a Vet A rider. I'm definitely not a professional endurocross racer. But I would have never thought about that, how, you know, your your 15 laps is so much longer, where when you have 16 laps plus, or 16 minutes plus a lap or whatever, it's like... Six, six minutes. Six minutes plus six a lap. Six minutes plus a lap. It's like, that's fast. Like, holy balls. Like, you got to be moving. So, yeah, you got to think about that totally different. So, I mean, I would get arm up thinking about riding. So, I mean, I, you know, it's going to hurt regardless for me, so it kind of sucks. Yeah, but. I I, I think all, everyone deals with arm pump. just depends on the level of extremity. And uh, I don't know if you're getting enough seat time. I mean, you got seat time radio going on, but not enough actual seat time. Nope. 
And that affects you big time. That does. And if, yeah, I know. I'm going to, uh, I've been riding and stuff, but not nearly enough of what you would call practicing for racing. We're getting ready to go to Baja next week, uh, to do the Rip to Cabo ride with like Cameron Steele and those dudes. And, uh, that's going to be awesome, but that's seven days, 1500 miles. It's like, I'm going to have a leather taint. Like, it's just going to be the consistency of leather. It's going to be horrible, but I'll probably, yeah. I probably won't have arm pump because I won't be going fast. <laughs> so that'll be good. Um, well, you're back in the States. Obviously, we talk, you talked about Daytona. Uh, the super, super sandy track. Uh, kind of interesting, you know, that we didn't really – I didn't feel like we saw a lot of the typical um, elements that we would see in a track. And even, Saint, and even Salt Lake City seemed the same way. Like the water pits are kind of disappearing. Is that – going to be a trend for this year um i know daytona they had issues just because there wasn't really they're hoping for clay and that dirt was nothing but even close to clay right. it's like coffee grounds that would was wet so you know daytona was it was interesting it was so different nothing like we didn't have a water hole and we still couldn't ride through the rocks so that was interesting and then um uh salt lake city was you know i think there was in between basketball games and it was the most convenient time for them to get the track and there just wasn't enough time to uh spend the time for wait for the concrete to cure and all that stuff so i think that's why they didn't have the water hole there and i believe for the rest of the season we'll be seeing water holes again but daytona would end up being really tough just the sand and um you know i was dead beat tired after 15 laps and it didn't help that i went down on the ground probably like two or three times in that right. race and uh Salt Lake City, Colton and I slammed to each other the second corner, and I basically fought from dead last all the way to fourth and even caught third but kind of got hung up with a lapper. And I made a couple mistakes through there, and I was still ready to keep going after that. So Salt Lake was definitely an easier track, but, you know, it was different and really fast-paced. And I think it made uh, some pretty good racing, but I'm looking forward to uh, a little bit tougher tracks and get some water back in this course since that's what I've – Seems like I've been doing all year in super enduro. It was just like ridiculous amounts of water, really slick, and couldn't even push it. And in Salt Lake City, it was just wide open the whole time, and no one's making mistakes when the track's that simple. Yeah, and that, and then the, and then they turn like crazy ass shit in the quads, like Mike Brown. Yeah, I mean, did did you watch that the first when it happened? Yeah, I saw it, and I was like, damn, I was waiting for someone to do that, and uh, I didn't realize, but they kind of tended the track and took out a little bit of the kick on that so uh, on purpose like so that way he, you couldn't <laughs> no i think they were just did some track prep and maybe they did it on purpose i don't know but that was that was beastly and the crowd loved it so i think it's really cool that uh that track featured something where if someone was man enough to do it they can hit it and of course that person was mike brown of course yeah <laughs> and it's like uh i not i it, it i'm i'm drawing a blank on which track it was, but they had the one last year where you guys were coming around that right-hand turn and they were boosting that huge water hole. I think it was uh, yep. Taylor, Robert. And that Mike was Brown. Ontario, the final round. Holy moly, dude. That was insane. So that's because in that case, and it might have been the same on the quad, in that case, if you like Wally Palmer did, if you, can't, if you cased it, you ate shit. Because it just like caught your rear wheel and you went facing to the ground. Yeah, that, that wouldn't have felt good. And then there was a turn after on this one, so... If you hit it, you would have got bucked and then like probably flew out of the arena onto the concrete, and it would have messed you up big time. Straight into the ambulance. Pew! Yep. <laughs> that's where I need to be. I don't need to be trying to do quads and stuff. I mean, I can think about it, but that's really about it. Um, Wait, you want to ride quads? Is that what you said? Damn it. Why do you have to – I told you that in confidence. That was not supposed to be public <laughs> knowledge. Damn it. It's so much simpler. Um 
So how did you do with the travel this year? I know that last year, you know, that was one of the things we chatted about was that you just, the, the getting there with not enough time to get used to the food. And then, of course, you got, I mean, just, so how did you do with travel this year with Super Enduro? You know, it's tough. And especially since I'm still in school, so I was trying to miss the least amount of time as possible. And, uh, you know, it wasn't that easy. And a lot of the time, a lot of the races, I'd just fly in and arrive the day before and, pop a bunch of sleeping pills and just try and crash out and uh you know the first race in poland we actually showed up early and we landed and had issues with our flight getting in on time uh we couldn't land in the actual airport because of the weather so they flew us in another place and put everyone on the bus and we didn't end up getting to the original airport till like 3 a.m and then hung out all day and then went to bed that night and i literally woke up before 2 a.m and i was just awake all morning from jet lag and i had to race all day with no sleep and that was the first moto where i was leading all the way to the end and went over the bars like an idiot on the last lap <laughs> and uh like, Ooh, that looks like a know, nice place to sleep i was literally <laughs> trying to take a nap before opening ceremony so that was a very rough one you're like this is not going good yeah and then another i went early to germany and i spent new year's in germany and had a really really fun trip there i was definitely the most um fun i had all your training or traveling you know i went early and did it right and uh in the race i was just a little bit off on the setup again and still even though i was there for a week i still was jacked up on sleep mm. i'm like all right i'm gonna be screwed the rest of the year for all these and you know i ended up just arriving like right before and i'd get one good full night night of rest or like one full night's rest after popping sleeping pills and uh i'd race and then I'd pretty much come straight home before jet lag even really kicked in. So I was only like halfway out of it the whole time <laughs> instead of fully. So, you know, I, it's, it's, it's not easy, you know, it's hard to take all that time away to travel and then you're taking time away from training and getting ready, but then you're, yeah, you're more, a little more acclimated to the sleep or you can just wing it last second and hope you get one night rest before the race and yep. wing it the day of the race. I don't yeah. know. It's, I went back and forth deciding if I want to go early and late, and it seemed like just showing up last minute and hoping for the best was ended up working by the end of the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, is it in talks, or has it been even mentioned if it's something you guys would like to try to do again next year? Yeah, no, it definitely, after, you know, of course, right after the season, I'm like, oh, screw this, I don't want to do that anymore. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be having a, a lighter load next semester next two semesters in school it's my senior year i've already got all the hard crap out of the way and basically just have senior project and electives so um you know i think i'll be able to afford a little more time to go and do it again and it's definitely a little stressful to have to be in race shape all year especially with the enduro cross season being spread out after months now and huge break you know you can never really you never really want to get out of your race pace and intensity and trainings but so i guess it's a year-round deal for me now but I'd like to do it again, so we'll just have to see what happens. Right on. No, um, so you're tied right now with Colton Hicker in points. We've got Mike Brown right there in, in third. You've got your next round coming up May 1st in Vegas. Um, what kind of, you know, what do you, what do you work on as you lead up, as we lead up to that event? You know, honest, honestly, you know, Colton was hurt coming into the first round. You know, he's still probably coming back from that broken rib deal and, um, Brown did a bunch, seemed like he was doing the Australian series and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly haven't spent any time testing. I haven't spent one day testing it with KTM and that's, uh, 
I think that's something I've kind of missed being in the Super Enduro Series. I just haven't had the time to test different things and setups, and that's something we're hoping to do. I don't know if we'll be able to do it before Vegas, but, you know, now I'm actually home. I was gone for six weeks straight almost, and I'm only riding once or maybe not even at all during the week. So, you know, I got some time now to kind of relax and have, and get some enjoyment out of practicing and training, and I've been riding some moto a couple of days now and fixing the watering system on my enduro cross track this week. So, uh, you know, I'll, I think I'll be a little more ready in terms of the mind state for the next round. You know, I've just I've been on the road so much lately that I hadn't been, had time to put the effort in. I'd, had, I'd been in, like, race a race set of mind mode from doing all the super enduros but i hadn't had any preparation at all and you know i think uh we'll be a little bit more prepared in terms of the ama type style racing for the next race yeah um does it suck that vegas isn't the season finale anymore i mean is it just you know weird that it's in the middle of the season it doesn't seem right you know it does it was cool kind of as the opener and now it's not the opener and now it's just kind of in the middle and you know, the alligator just isn't quite as spectacular as it used to be anymore, apparently. Well, I'll try to make it out, and that way we can at least step it up a little percentage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. If we can get Jolene Von Hoyt out there again, and I get to be there to creep her out the whole time, I'm sure interesting things will happen. Yeah, positive. Positive. No, it, it definitely... <laughs> It definitely is, you know, it's really cool to end off here in Vegas, and, you know, it's kind of a good way to blow off some steam after a, a long season. But, um, you know, we got to do what we got to do, and this is kind of what I'm doing is my professional career right now, so I don't get to play too much. Yeah, yep, that's absolutely the truth. Um, so quickly, what is your degree in before we let you go? This is, it's interesting that you're getting close to your senior year, and we don't even know what you're going to be, man. Oh, man, I'm going to be a mechanical engineer. I'll have a piece of paper that automatically guarantees me like an extra 30 grand a year or something ridiculous like that. That's what they say. That's what they say. I don't know if it's going to happen. We'll see. I don't know either. I, uh, I'm just, I really love what I'm doing right now, and it's a lot of fun. And I'm going to prolong that out for as long as I can. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, I'm scared about going to the real world. I don't know. Do people like me get accepted? I think my brain's always twisting a different a different method and uh you know it's a little nerve-wracking but you know i I really want to get that degree it's something i've been working for for quite a long time now and you know i just want to get out of the way and be able to move forward with my racing career for a little while longer and uh you know i know it doesn't last forever so i have to figure out what to do eventually yeah well if i if if i can add some positivity to your little bit of negativity yes people like you do get accepted in the real world and you know why i know that because people like me get accepted in the real world. So you, my friend, have got it made. You're much taller than I am. You're more handsome. You're going to have a better degree than I do, which mine's shit, so whatever. Um, so Your hair's looking pretty good right now, though. I'll give it to you. Thanks. You know, it's, uh, it kind of beats the man bun you had last year. <laughs> you like the man bun. I, you, you're the first one that called me out, too, when that picture came up. You were like, man bun. I was like, whoa, buddy, there it is. We're just all up in it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be trimming the mustache up some though next this the end of this week. I'm uh. You don't want to get attacked by all the the ponchos down in Mexico. I don't. And... I don't want them to have something to hold on to. <laughs> no, uh, the, uh, <laughs> we're riding seven days, and I'm not gonna bring mustache wax. Like I'm not giving. A You're shit gonna get for... a lot of dirt in there too. That's know? why I'm. That's why I'm trimming it. I don't want to like have like a bunch of because when it's it's past my chin. 
when it's not waxed up. Like, I mean, it's effing long. So, uh, I don't, I just don't want to deal with that in my helmet for seven days for, you know, probably 12, 13 hours on the bike. So I'm going to trim it up, you know, nice and short so I don't have to worry about waxing it or nothing. It's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, dude. It's going to be weird. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sure you put a lot of work into it. I have. Years, man. Years. Years. It's almost been two years since I've had this thing. Damn. What have you done for two years, buddy? I don't know. Just tried to even get some type of mustache going on. And Facial realized, hair in general. <laughs> then I realized, you know what? Nope. Baby face for life. <laughs> You're like, hey, guys, I could be from Oklahoma. Look how cool I am. <laughs> White trash. White trash. Well, cool, man. Well, I know you, if you said you stepped away from dinner and the family. Make sure you tell them that we said hi. We look forward to seeing them all again at X Games come June 4th and 5th, I believe, sometime around there. That Somewhere will, in that range. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I hope you're looking forward to that because I know I am. I think it's going to be a good time. Yep. Have some omissions with you after the race, I guess. Damn straight, buddy. It'll happen. All right, man. Thank you very much for taking time away from the family and from life to be on the show. We really appreciate it. And we will obviously chat with you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Brian. Peace. (laughs) Awesome. So Mr. Cody Webb coming on after Mr. Caleb Russell, who was on first. Cody Webb's a great dude as well, obviously. Most of the riders that we have on are pretty awesome. Uh, there's a few that might be a little hot-headed or this, that, the other sometimes, but hey, that's okay. You know, we're, we're Everybody's their own person, and we like having the different personalities to be on the show and to talk about everything that's going on in their life. So, of course, this has been Seat Time. We are the online show for the off-road enthusiasts, and we're brought to you by Fly Racing. Um, you can find out all of our archived shows on the site, so seattime.co. Of course, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash seattime. We're on Twitter. It's on Twitter. It's at underscore co, at seattime underscore co. I was like, that's a sounded wrong. At seattime underscore co. And then, of course, on Instagram, we're just regular old at seattime. Um, so Fly Racing, obviously we'd love it if you go check out flyracing.com or go to your local dealer and ask about seeing some of the Fly Racing products they have there. The Sector Boots are out. Uh, reviews are good. and I have not, unfortunately, had a chance to try a pair out. When I do, I will be able to tell you my thoughts and opinions on those and either push them on you or see what happens. Of course, Kinda Tire. You can find out more at kindatire.com. The National Enduro, unfortunately, did get canceled that they are the title sponsor of. Uh, here in Texas, and it will not be rescheduled, which sucks for all of us. But that's kind of what happens. So coming up, we're going to be in Tennessee in the next couple of weeks. Definitely go to kindatire.com. They have a comparison chart there. You can check out the different tires they have, see what's going to be working best for that event. Or maybe you could message us on the Facebooks or the Twitters, and we will find out for you. We can get in touch with our Kinda reps and give you all the goods. Um, and then Stillwell Performance, as I mentioned, I did just get my Stillwell Performance box. I'm going to be sending off my new uh, 2015 350 XC suspension, so that 4CS, that is what they're known for. Obviously, they do a very good job on everything else, but if you've got 4CS and you're going, oh my gosh, this is so harsh, Stillwell's Performance is who you want to send it to, so I'm going to be sending it off while I'm in Baja on, on the 05 450 EXC that we just, fingers crossed, pray to God that that thing does not blow up on me again. Right, Steven? Yeah, I know. What the hey? What the hey? So I think we have a title for this episode. It'll be Little Minions Prepping the Track. I think uh, I was like, that is a title right there. Needs to happen. I really appreciate that for Mr. Cody Webb. He has brought it to us. Hot. So obviously, 
This has been Seat Time. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be live again next week. It'll be interesting because I am going to be in Baja, so I'm not actually going to be the host. We're going to have Jordan and uh, either Cooper or her stepdad, Scott Bailey, will be in the show. and We're going to Skype guys in just like we always do. If I can get to a spot where I can call in, I will call in on that Tuesday evening to the show to make sure uh, that you guys understand like what's going on in Baja and how things are going. I think it'll be interesting uh, to be the guest. Uh, I'm excited to do that. And then, of course, that next Tuesday, I'll still be out of town. Um, I will be in Cabo at that point, though, so I will be able to Skype into the show uh, if I can get some Wi-Fi. If not, I'd love to call in and tell you guys again kind of like what's been happening with Cameron Steele, the Rip to Cabo guys, all that kinds of stuff. If any of that changes, obviously we'll let you know, but we do kind of – we're starting to get things lined up to where people will be here in studio running the show while I'm gone, and we're going to want to know what you guys think about that. So definitely find us. If you have it before on all of our social stuff, because I'm going to be keeping that pretty up to date while I'm out there at Rip to Cabo, I am at Woody B. Pierced pretty much on everything, uh, on Twitter and Instagrams. And of course, I'm on Facebook. Uh, that's the best way to follow me, though, is Instagram. I'm going to be putting a, a lot of pictures there um, on the Rip to Cabo trip. So thank you very much for paying attention. Thank you again to our sponsors. We really appreciate it. Um, I may not see you next week, but we will be here. And remember, always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Peace.